I was on my way to a ladies' conference in April 2017 when my husband called my cell phone. He asked me if I was sitting down in a private place. I happened to be in the airport sky club at the connecting airport, so I found an empty section and sat down, bracing myself. Calls that begin with, are you sitting down, are rarely followed by good news. What he said next was stunning to me. Honey, the doctor said that I have cancer. But what he said after that made me numb. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. I was still frozen from the news that Norman had shared with me, and I couldn't really imagine anything worse. But then he said these words. The doctor actually said, I have two forms of cancer. I could hear the apprehensive tone in his voice, and my fear was really ramping up. I had to shift into prayer for wisdom and strength because this was news I didn't even know how to face. It was life-changing news. And that's the case for anyone, isn't it? God answered our prayers so many multiplied times, and we experienced the true meaning of amazing grace. We often held hands as we walked into the oncology office, trying to process the strangeness of this diagnosis together. Maybe you're listening to this episode because you or someone you love just received a diagnosis that was very hard news. It happens every day. And we know that the scripture says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Yes, we know that's in Psalm 119, verse 71. But isn't it interesting that the scripture that we know is exactly the scripture that we struggle with when we're stricken with hard situations? People get difficult diagnoses every day, but it doesn't strike us to the core until it's happening to us. There is no perfect way to respond to a frightening diagnosis, but I can share with you some insider information that may be helpful. That's really my prayer. I hope that this episode and the little five points that I'm going to cover will be helpful. First of all, and I know that you know this, begin with prayer when you've received a tough diagnosis. And don't be ashamed or afraid to cry those prayers. It's fine to cry. I remember one lady telling me she felt like crying and tears are God's washing machine. (laughs) That's a way to look at it. But go ahead and cry out your prayers to God. No matter who you are or how strong you may be, a hard diagnosis may feel like someone just blew up the world and you're still standing but with a body full of shrapnel from the bomb blast. Tell God everything you're thinking and feeling and ask him to help you. Understand that his help comes in different forms than we may have expected, but you can be sure that God takes care of his children in unique and amazing ways, especially when they're going through deep water experiences. If he is your savior, he is with you. If he is not your savior, I'm going to mention something about that at the end. There's a verse in Psalm 66:20 that's a great prayer reminder. It says this, Blessed be God, who hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Know that an alarming medical diagnosis does not mean that God has forgotten you. 
He has not turned away his prayer nor his mercy. It means that life is going to look different for a season. Number two, talk about it. Talk about what you're going through. You'll want to keep the circle kind of tight on this. It doesn't mean you have to talk to everyone, but talk with your loved ones about this. Now, don't feel obligated to make an announcement to others about a difficult diagnosis until you're ready, but confide in those who are part of your close circle and let them walk with you. The timing of this is up to you. We chose to call our adult children immediately after we came from our doctor appointment that confirmed the diagnosis. When we didn't have that confirmation, we kept it to ourselves. But once we had it confirmed and test results came back and the news was the same, that's when we presented it to our adult children. And then we worked our way down through the family members. Some of them we spoke to them in person. Others we had to do it by phone. But you'll decide what works best for you there. The purpose, of course, for confiding in others who are in your close circle especially is to let them walk with you through this. They'll walk with you in any way they can and particularly in prayer. The timing of letting people know is entirely up to you. Sometimes people choose not to tell anyone outside of the family, while others choose to tell as many people as possible. You do what's best for you. Friends and loved ones will pray with you and for you, as well as meeting needs that come up along the way. Now, this is a good spot for me to insert a suggestion that's important. Think about constructing a polite statement to use when people want to give you unsolicited advice. You may receive books, unplanned visitors, natural supplements with more dietary advice than you've ever heard. People love you, so they mean well. But there are so many moving parts to a complicated medical diagnosis, you will need to narrow the voices down to just a few. Here's a suggested statement that we used. Thank you for your advice. We will consider it. And we meant it. We considered it, and then we walked in the direction that we believed God wanted us to go. You don't owe anyone an explanation for your private medical decisions, and no one should try to guilt you into taking their advice. Sharing burdens allows others to help you lift the load. It shouldn't make the load heavier. Galatians 6.2 tells us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When you are ready, allow others to know about your heavy burden. Number three out of five, don't become your own worst critic. Just don't do that. Health problems stem from many unknowns, including the combination of genetics, time, and chance, and things that were entirely beyond our control. It won't help for you to start hyper-analyzing the history of your health habits. Would you do something differently if you had another chance? You may get that chance, so keep those positive changes in the planner, but don't flog yourself for your perceived notions of what you could have, would have, should have done. None of us take perfect care of ourselves, but disease and illness has been known to attack everyone, from the seemingly healthy cardiologist to the Olympic athlete. Criticizing yourself won't help. Instead of analyzing why this happened, pray for God to provide light in the darkness and focus on the truth of God's grace. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. 
This is so great. Psalm 112 verse 4 is a reminder that we need for any difficult situation. Number four, empty the calendar and focus on your journey. A difficult medical diagnosis is usually followed by rounds of testing, clinic appointments, and possibly hospitalization. Even if you don't have that much added to your life, the diagnosis itself is enough. Clear the deck of any non-essential calendar items to allow yourself to get the proper rest and to focus on taking care of yourself. If you have frequent medical appointments or hospital stays, it will be vitally important to balance these hard times with pleasant events. In our case, my husband and I chose to take a vacation shortly after his cancer surgery. We really savored that time away from everything to do with oncology, hospice, and all the related dailies that come with illness. If you're the one with the illness, allow others to do and plan pleasant things for you. If you're the caregiver of someone with a chronic or terminal illness, you will probably be doing that planning. But either way, a break from everything medical is refreshing, even if it's only brief. Ecclesiastes 3.11 tells us that God has made everything beautiful in his time. The phrase in his time also means in season. Verses 12 and 13 go on to say this, I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. This is an essential reminder for us. And finally, number five, embrace the deep awareness that God's presence is with you through this trial. When things are going great and we've got our wonderful little planners filled and followed, and that's a great thing when we can both fill them and follow them, there's a tendency to grow very self-directed. Affliction shifts us from self-reliance to God-reliance, if we'll allow it. You see, God understands us, so he isn't thrown off by our emotional responses to the difficulties of life. He knows that we're going to worry, read too much information on the internet, cry until we soak our pillows, fret over the financial impact of the medical bills, and much, much more. God knows this. But if it's worth all that energy, it qualifies automatically as a prayer request. Prayer, by the way, is not just asking. It's also spending time with God. He is the one who provides comfort in affliction. Now, if you find it harder to read your Bible at any point during a tough journey with medical things, know that you can use an audio Bible and saturate your soul with the goodness of God's Word. God's Word is very, very powerful and extremely medicinal. The spoken Word of God as it comes through an audio Bible is just as powerful as when you read it attentively on your own. It's even more powerful than reading if you're struggling to focus or you're too ill to read. Here's a verse you can cling to as a reminder of where to find comfort in your medical trial. It's Psalm 119, verse 50, and it says this, This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. God's word consoles us when we're facing troubles that are so far beyond our control. When my Norman received his cancer diagnosis, it signaled the beginning of a life-changing event for our family. Ultimately, Norman was healed completely on September 15, 
2017, early in the morning. Before he passed, he looked at me one last time. I will always remember that look. I called it his goodbye eyes. That was how our chapter ended, but it's not the end of our story because this is the short side of life for all of us. I personally know people who have lived for years beyond a stage 4 cancer diagnosis, defying all the medical data. And then I've known people who passed suddenly without warning. Either way, we are not in charge of the outcome because we can't retain our own souls. God decides how long we will live and when we will be done with our lives on this side of heaven. If you or a loved one has received a medical diagnosis that was not good, your lives will look different now. For those on the caregiving side, you will need support and assistance, so let people help you. And for those who are the patients in this journey with the changed lives, rest in the reality that you are ultimately God's and He is yours. Accept this challenging change and ask God what to do next. He knows where this is going, and he is the perfect guide. There are things the Bible has to say about our numbered days. We all have them, and hard medical news is really just a reminder that life is a vapor. James 4.14 states it plainly, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For those of you who are listening to this podcast and you aren't sure what would happen to your soul if your pulse suddenly stopped, please understand that the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a very small portion of the gospel story. We'd like to provide you with more information on this. So write to us at keeptheheart at gmail.com. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've been listening to Francie Taylor. For more from Francie, visit KeepTheHeart.com for devotionals, books, and the popular Bible study series, I See You, In Christ Unconditionally. I See You is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today. Thank you for listening.